Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. A playlist original. Just watch me. The medium is the message. Proof is a proof. What kind of a proof? It's a proof. It has no core identity. Smashed potatoes are no gravy. You know what I'm saying? Speaking uh, moistly on them. Hello and welcome to Just Watch Me. I'm Kate. And I'm Liv. And today on the podcast, we are joined by Colin Asuncion. Colin was one finalist on one of our favorite shows, The Great Canadian Baking Show, and he's now back for the 2021 holiday special. Not only is he an amazing baker, he's also an absurdly talented singer and performer. Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, what an introduction. That's so nice. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Thanks. Well, of course, you're a man of many talents, but... <laughs> We especially want to talk to you about your journey into baking and how you found your love of baking. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's kind of funny. I, I don't remember like any one time where it was like, baking is a thing that you're going to do now. It just sort of like slowly transitioned into my life. My family was always very dessert centric when I was growing up. And so like pastries and cakes and things have always been very present on the dinner table. And um, my mom was an amazing baker and my oldest sister, Denise, is also a great baker. And so I guess eventually I just got very interested in it and wanted to try it for myself. So I guess I started baking more seriously in my like mid twenties. And then I discovered the great British Bake Off and I just got really obsessed and I wanted to learn more and push myself and, and become a more skilled baker. And then Canada, decided to bring about the great Canadian baking show. And I waited a couple seasons before applying. And then season three submissions were open. And I was like, now's the time. And here I am now. <laughs> and now I get to bake in the tent again. And, and I, I uh, show off my baking on other shows from time to time. So it's a really cool journey. It's amazing. You talked about baking with your mom and your sister. Can you tell us about some of those like quintessential dishes you were making growing up when you first started out baking with your family? Yeah. Well, I remember like, I mean, the classic 
helping your mom in the kitchen make some chocolate chip cookies, like helping her measure some things, absolutely licking the beaters once they're once the cookies are in the oven. So, you know, that classic stuff. But I never baked that intensely with my mom. It was very much like, this is her realm. I'm very much not even the sous chef, like the assistant to the sous chef or like the <laughs> bus boy, really. Um, but I do have a, a nice memory of uh, my oldest sister, Denise. She's an amazing pie baker. And at the time, this was, I don't know, we'll call it 2014, 2015, well, maybe later. Anyway, I was dating a guy and his favorite dessert was apple pie. And I had never made an apple pie. So it always I, starts I, with <laughs> wanting to make something for someone you're dating. You're like, yeah. This will be exactly. how I show my love. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this will take us to the next level. Yes. So yeah. I asked my sister, like, will you teach me how to make the perfect apple pie? And she did. And we made our own pastry and then we made the apple filling and it was delicious. She made a pie. I made a pie. And then before I got the chance to make the apple pie for my partner, we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> because c'est la vie. Tragedy. Um, Tragedy but, struck. Yeah, but now I have those pie skills, which is great. And it's pushed me into the rest of my life. So no regrets. You know, it's funny because I think that often we hear the bakers, you know, they auditioned for years before they finally got on the show. But it's so obvious to me that you only needed to apply one time. You're so charming. I'm sure they oh. saw you and snapped you right <laughs> up. So oh, thanks. <laughs> can you talk about your journey on to the show and, and what that process was like? Yeah, it's a very long process. And, and you're right. There are a lot of people who audition year after year. And then there are some people who are those one-time auditionees, auditioners like me, and they get on and, you know, we don't really know exactly what the producers are looking for. Obviously, they're looking for the most skilled bakers who audition, uh, but they are looking for people, I think, with interesting stories and um, fun, diverse personalities. And you'll see that from season to season. Every cast is different. Uh, but the process to get on the show, again, it's, it's kind of a lengthy process, a lengthy journey. So you fill out an online application, which is very, very, very long. It's like a personality test meets three personal essays. It's an arduous process to fill out this form. Or maybe it just was for me because I had a lot to say. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm sure they want, to, they want to like screen people out who don't really want to work that hard. A hundred percent. Or like, oh, you know I'll what? put That's my true. name in. They want to make it like a bit of a chore, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, I hadn't really thought of that, but that's absolutely, that's true. Um, So you fill out this online application and then hopefully you get a call from a producer. And I got a call just a couple days after I submitted my uh, questionnaire and the producer, I don't know if I can say, I won't say his name because maybe that's in the NDA. I don't know. He said one thing that he said, which I thought was so funny. He said, Colin, we got your application. It was very long. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, because I really want to be on the show. So I put a lot of work into this application. I had like written my personal essays like in a separate document so that once I could apply, I could just like copy and paste. And anyway, it was very thought through. So there was a phone interview and then uh, they just wanted to gauge interest and gauge if you would be able to actually film the show because you do have to take time off work. There's a little bit of travel involved for people who are not from Toronto, etc. So after that conversation, then I was invited to an in-person audition. And at the audition, there are some videos online of, of past auditions, but you do essentially a technical bake on site and you bring in a signature bake. So anything of your choice. And then it's tasted live by one of the uh, culinary producers as well as other culinary professionals. And then there's some on-camera chatter um, as well. And then after that, you just wait. 
and then you hope and you cross your fingers every night that you were chosen. And then I got the call and I was chosen. They were very sneaky. They they said, uh, hey, Colin, we'd like to jump on a Zoom call. We need to record it because it's part of the audition process. So if you could find some time today, that would be great. I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm at work. So I step outside and I'm using my phone, Zoom or FaceTime on my phone. And we have this final conversation. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't more interview. It was them telling me I was cast and they wanted to film their reaction. But I felt like such a dumb dummy because I'm in the middle of the street. Like I'm on the sidewalk outside my office. And so I think they really wanted me to really react, but I'm like, there are passersby like strolling with their dogs. Like, I don't want to cause a scene because I don't want to be that guy holding my phone being like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I was just like, great, I'm pumped. Like I, I did as much as I could, you know? But anyway, th- that's the whole process. It's long. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my favorite parts about this show is that for people who go very far like yourself, the audience really gets to see them grow and improve as a baker because you know, you're know you doing three bakes per show. Like you get, you're, I imagine you're getting a lot of practice. Um, is there a particular skill or even like a dish that you really honed during the show? Like something that really changed oh, for you? I would say, oh, that that's a great point because it is a journey when you're in the tent and you can't help but learn because you're doing so many different things in such a short amount of time. I wouldn't say there was like a particular bake that I really tackled and and came out with new skills. It was like a whole set of skills. So for example, like my piping skills were improved. My pastry skills were improved. My, My time management in the kitchen was improved. Like little shortcuts that you can take to make things set faster or make things chill more evenly, things like that. Some quick tips that I learned were like, let's say you have some frosting in a piping bag and it's coming out not evenly and not smoothly. You can warm it with your hands in the bag so you can bring it up to temperature and make it more easy to work with. Kyla taught us that. Things as basic as every time you open your oven, you lose up to 50 degrees of heat. So preheat your oven hotter than you need it to be And then when you open it, you pop your bake in, then you bring it back down to the temperature that you need. So again, little tips and tricks across the board. I'd say every baker that enters the tent, they exit the tent three grades higher than than they were before, at least. Because again, there's a lot of learning, whether you're aware of it or not. That's actually really nice too, that you you take so much more from from the show than, than you think that you're going to, which is awesome. Yeah. So since graduating from the show, you've become somewhat of a baking presenter extraordinaire. Oh, extraordinaire. Hey. (laughs) Yes. So can you talk to us about, you know, your journey into presenting and your different presenting endeavors? Yeah, I um I remember when I was on the show, I always said, I love being on the show, but my dream is to host the show. I think that's the ultimate gig. And I feel like I'm slowly making my way to eventually audition to host the show someday. I don't know. They've never done it in Canada where they've had an alumni baker host the show, but my fingers are crossed. But since the show, I was like, what do I want to do with this experience? I don't want to open a bakery. I think that's a common misconception. I think a lot of people assume that contestants from the show want to open up a bakery or go into catering. And I do custom orders and I do find that really fun and very filling creatively. I've done like pop-up shops and pop-up events, but I realized like I would like to do more television work somehow related to baking. And I don't really know what that looks like. And so I tried different things. And then I eventually did a segment on Breakfast Television Toronto where I presented a menu of, uh, I think it was Fall Comfort Bakes. It was a year ago. And 
it was so exhilarating. I, uh, I streamed from home because the pandemic has left us all, you know, bound and it was so fun and again really exhilarating and then later on I guess it was early this year I did a similar segment for the social on CTV and then I, I realized like that's that's a really cool way to use this experience and use the platform but also use my performance skills and meld the two to create another stream of my career and it's been really fun like I'm going to be on the social again I'm not sure when this is going to hit the airwaves but I'm going to be on the social again on Monday doing a brunch bake menu for the holidays. So yeah, lots of fun opportunities and I'm just gonna keep chasing them because life is short. You gotta enjoy what you're doing. I think it's awesome too that like you have this rich past being, you know, a performer and that you were able to combine it with baking. Cause I think so often people feel that they have to follow this really linear path in their lives and that every experience has to build on the next experience. And it's so cool that you've taken your two passions and like melded them together in an unexpected, but you know, really wonderful way. Oh, thank you. I always say that I have a composite career because I do a bunch of different things but I do think that they all maybe not directly feed into each other, but the skills are transferable. So I'm a baking personality, if you will, or a baking person. Um, and I'm a singer and stage performer. And I'm also a marketing manager for a trade association. And like so many skills like transfer in between those streams, like time management, communication, of course, like presenting and public speaking. And so if like if there are any opportunities for me to use more than one skill set, it really excites me because I'm like, oh, cool. Like I'm bringing more of myself to this endeavor than if I just did one thing. Other than hosting the Great Canadian Baking Show, you know. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> but but quite frankly, Colin, you know, I can see you hosting something not baking related. Like I could see you oh, on thanks. any morning show. Is there, what's other than that, what is the dream, the dream gig? Just because we're going to oh, go there. Uh, I would say like, at least right now at this point in time, like my dream gig would be to host the Great Canadian Baking Show. But honestly, like I would love to host anything. Like I remember back in the Much Music VJ days, I was like, <laughs> oh, oh my yes. God, like I just want to enter the search for the next VJ. I mean, being one of the panelists on the social, like a regular panelist, that would be really cool. I don't think they've ever had a regular male presenter as part of the panel, but I think that would be really cool. I love the format of their show and how they talk about pop culture and current events and things that are very heavy, but also things that are very light. But yeah, I- You know what? I, ben Mulroney's gone from the morning. There's an opening, right? There's an opening. I'm going to slip my name in there then. Listen, <laughs> you know, it's the moment. <laughs> so, okay. So when you're talking about becoming, you know, the next host on Great Canadian Baking Show, you've kind of reached the second stage of the ultimate plan, shall we call it. You're back. You're back in business yes. on the holiday special. So this is awesome. Can you tell us about how you got involved with it? You know, did they give you a special call? Did they Zoom you again with, <laughs> while recording it? <laughs> they didn't Zoom me this time. They didn't Zoom me this time. They just gave me a quick call. And it was the same producer who gave me that very first call huh. when I had submitted back in 2000, I guess it was 2019. Time has no meaning. I don't even know anymore. And he called me and he, he said like, hi, Colin. So 
we had some some banter about how we're both doing and I really was curious as to why he was calling because I didn't know they were doing a holiday special and he said well I noticed like you've been doing a lot of baking and I want to let you know that we're doing a holiday special again and we'd love to have you back and he said but not as a performer because back in 2019 they had a holiday special and they had me on at the end singing Christmas carols during the like crowning of the winner, which was so lovely. And honestly, it was a really fun gig for me because I, I could just show up and sing and live my life and then bounce. So this time he said, you know, we, we want to bring you back, not as a singer, but as a baker this time, we want you to compete. And I was like, yeah, of course, of course I'll be back. And then I started preparing. And honestly, I can't even remember when I got the call. It would have been at least like a couple months before because it takes a lot to prepare for the show. It was really cool to be back. Really, really fun. I know that you're probably really limited, but what can you tell us about what we're going to expect like as far as content? Because we have the previous- Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Holiday special, but <laughs> what little pieces can you give us? Right. Yeah, I am limited because, you know, there is an NDA, but... Um, we can't advise you to breach that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go to jail. So uh, you can expect like a regular episode of the show. So it is a competition. There's four bakers, myself and Jody from season three, Sachin from season two, and Linda from season one. And it's essentially just a regular episode. I guess it's like a semifinals because there's four of us. We're all former finalists and we're all competing for the holiday cake plate. And it's the same three challenges. So you have a signature challenge, a technical challenge, which we don't know in advance, and then the showstopper. And then a really lovely crowning ceremony, which is very festive and very fun. What else can I tease? There are some really great outfits on display, I will say. Some really fun glamour moments among the hosts and judges. The tent looks beautiful. It's decorated. It's very festive. We did shoot in the middle of summer, which I don't think is a spoiler because everybody knows they shoot the season in the summer. And so it's kind of funny to have all the holiday decor and the holiday bake themes And then you'll very likely see the four bakers just sweating buckets the whole time because it's very hot, very hot. Are you wearing like like sweating in a Santa suit? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I'm wearing long pants and a short sleeve shirt. And there were some other wardrobe options that I brought that I was I was toying with. I'm so glad I went with what I wore, because if I wore any of the other things, you would see a lot of sweat. Like it would just be, you know, some fabrics, like you just like breathe beside them and they change color because of moisture. Like there were shirts like that. So uh, I'm not wearing a sweater. There was no way in hell any of us could wear something actually winter appropriate. But yeah, I wore a red shirt, which is kind of festive. So that's good, you know. Trying, yeah, to, the, trying to do what I can. <laughs> the promo pic looks stunning. Oh, thank you. You look thank fabulous you. in it. Not sweaty at all. Oh, good. Not yet. You'll see. <laughs> There's a lot of powder on there, so. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what season of The Bachelor it was. I think they were they were on a beach in Thailand and they were all 
they all like wore silk and it was like oh disgusting. my god did not did not think that oh because they were just so hot just like so everybody was like sweaty and glistening and like just <laughs> d- did not pick the right outfit oh my god I remember back on season three there were some days where it was so hot and I was like why am I wearing pants why am I not wearing shorts why am I wearing sleeves why am I not wearing a tank top I don't know if they'd let me wear a tank top actually <laughs> too sensual well <laughs> <laughs> for the wholesome great Canadian baking yeah, show you might exactly. yeah it might not be the vibe so to pivot <laughs> a little bit back to Christmas if I can mm-hmm. so obviously you can't tell us too much about you know what you, the content of the baking but in general can you give us some baking Christmas inspo what's your favorite thing to bake at Christmas you know what's your favorite thing to see in a, in a Christmas gift basket yeah I love I mean this is very classic and kind of basic but I just love gingerbread so much. I just really love those flavors. I've loved gingerbread my whole life. I'll eat it in the middle of the spring too. So if you can do a nice gingerbread, I think that's that's a really beautiful thing to make. Shortbread is of course a classic. Like these things can also keep for a while. Like they'll stay fresh for a few days. So it makes it a nice thing to gift people. But I also think it's really, it would be really special if you made someone like a full-sized cake. Like maybe it's not practical, but if you have those skills, like to make a beautiful Christmas cake that's beautifully decorated and give that as a gift, like that's so special. And I obviously do a ton of baking over the holidays, whether it's for custom orders or for friends and family and my family Christmas dinner. So I start planning my holiday bakes in like August. I'm that person. I also start planning for the holidays in general in the summer. I start buying presents in the summer. I'm nuts in that way. So in terms of like tips for planning for holiday baking, plan well in advance. And if you can't plan well in advance, because we're already, you know, into December now, do some prep in advance, like make some cookie dough and throw it in the freezer so that you'll have something ready to go within a, within a few hours notice or uh, make some frostings for some cakes and put those in the freezer. Like do as much prep in advance so that the week of the holidays, you're not scrambling and pulling out all your hair because of all the things you have to do. That's a great tip. In addition to the bakes, you know, I want to hear more about what's on your holiday table in general. Yeah. Wait, in addition to the bakes or the bakes themselves? You can talk about the bakes too. Okay. But, <laughs> but what is, what does your table look like? Oh, let's get specific. I I really want to know. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think like I host a bunch of like Christmas dinners with friends, like solo, like date style Christmas celebrations. So one year I did this Chinese five spice roasted duck with like wash mash and then some miscellaneous green on the side. And it was really nice. It was a Jamie Oliver recipe. I'd highly recommend it. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. And then one stunning. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's also very impressive to like present a full bird, whether it's a chicken or a duck or whatever. It just um, looks so lovely on a table too. Yeah. And like when you, when you dress it properly, like with some nice greens mm. beside it, it looks very like magazine ready. I also love a hearty like bolognese pasta situation yeah. for, for a nice hearty winter dinner. So if you have like a smaller affair and you can do like a less, less fussy meal, like that's a nice option. There's something that I had in my childhood that my mom used to make. And I think she got the recipe from an aunt. It's mashed potatoes with leeks. And then you wrap it in puff pastry and bake it. And so it's like a leaky mashed potato strudel or like a roulade. It is so good. It's the ultimate side dish. So that's usually, if I have time, that's on the table too. And like some nice salads to round it out and keep it, you know. Balanced. Balanced. Thank you. Like well-rounded balance to make sure we don't all get scurvy from just eating meat 
and cakes. Brown food. Um, yeah, brown and beige foods. <laughs> and then, you know, like a huge array of baked goods, usually made by me. Sometimes I actually love receiving other people's baked goods over the holidays. It seems really? to be, yeah. I feel like people must be so intimidated to come to you and be like, okay, I made well, like, <laughs> Do people bake you? for you? I would think the same. Like, do you they, get people actually bake for you ever? They only bake for me during the holidays. Throughout the rest of the year, people generally, I guess they think I'd be too judgy of their baking or they think that I would make it myself. And so there's no point in giving me baked goods. But like, I, this is my PSA to the world, to whoever listens to this. I want your baked goods because I'm tired. And I want I bake your baked goods all the too. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, you know, I bake all the time, but often I'm baking for other people. So I would love to taste other people's stuff. So yeah, over the holidays, I do have some friends and family members who do share their baked goods with me and it brings me a lot of joy. So we can just say that if someone sent you this episode, they want you to bake goods for them. They want you to yes. send you baked goods. That's yes, just like exactly. anyone listening, mm-hmm. make your friend baked goods for Christmas. Yeah, that it's the ultimate gift. Because, you know, at least in this day and age, at this time in my life, like we have a lot of stuff. So when people yeah. give me things that are homemade or experiences or, you know, a taste from their kitchen, like that feels really special to me. It's very, it's unique. Do you have any new Christmas traditions you want to implement this year or any kind of fun, unique ones that you have with your friends and family? Oh, I... Baking so last, related or otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually have a new tradition with a friend because she gave me a lovely tin of baked goods last year and I gave her some bake. So I guess we're going to do like a holiday bake exchange over the holidays. So that's nice. Oh, I'm kind of old school. I just stick to the, to the traditions I already have, <laughs> really. But I guess, oh, well, this isn't really a friends and family thing. But last year, because of the pandemic, I was hosting a lot of online baking classes for corporate groups. And naive Colin thought that this year COVID would be kind of (laughs) over. And so people wouldn't have the appetite for online events, but they really do still. So I'm hosting a bunch of online baking classes for corporate groups. And online events, I think, are here to stay because they're really inclusive and You can include people from all across the globe, depending on your organization. So I think that's sort of a new business tradition for me. Like my December will be full of, hopefully full of virtual bookings. That's fabulous. Do you enjoy doing those? I do. They're really fun. And like, they feel kind of weird because I'm in a a quote unquote room up to 300 people, but I don't Mm -hmm. see them. I can sometimes hear them if they go off mute. Um, And then we do the bake and it's like, I have a cooking show and it's really fun. And then I turn the camera off and then I'm just alone in my kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's this weird thing. It's like, you're with people, but you're not with people. And then as soon as you click leave, you're just alone with a bunch of dirty dishes It's and lighting set up. <laughs> it's like, it's really bizarre, but I do enjoy doing them. I think it's really fun. And I think COVID has forced us all to be uh, less camera shy and more, uh, open to online connections. So I think that's been, it's been really good overall, actually. Mm, that's so wonderful. So, I mean, you obviously have a lot of things on the go. What can everyone expect to come next for you? Well, you know, I, I feel like I focused a lot of my, my life in the last year to baking and like culinary media and, and making those dreams come true. But I am returning to my musical roots in the new year. So you can expect some new music coming out by you mean me. Like- a CD or what's I'm hoping to finally release my EP on all streaming services in the spring of the new year. And I'm hoping 
to produce a live show at some point in the summer of next year. Again, like we don't really know what theater and concerts are going to look like in the new year because, you know, COVID is foiling all of our plans. But my fingers are crossed that I'll be able to do a concert again because it's been a long time since I've been on stage singing. Can you break down the EP for us? What are, what are we going to be getting in this? Well, it's a, it's a pop EP mm-hmm. and it is, hmm, what can I say? I think it's kind of sexy, in my <laughs> opinion. I think it's like, it's not rated R. Like, I'm not Eminem. Um, I don't know why Eminem was the first rated R music <laughs> I think of. I, I, I don't have, yeah, anyway. Um, but it's like, it's a little sexy. It's fun. There's one track in particular that I think will get people dancing. It's a very, like, pride-filled EP. And, and there's, like, LGBTQ plus themes in the music. And yeah, it's sort of like a celebration and like, it's my first EP. So I wanted it to be as much of me as possible. So as many moods and elements of my personality in four songs, it's going to be four to five songs. We'll see. But yeah, I'm really pumped and I hope people enjoy it once it does come out. So I take it this is you as a solo performer, right? This is, this is Colin. Yes, this is just me. I do work with a vocal group with it, with a boy band that I'm part of, but this is just me. It's my solo debut, I guess. Wow. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. Thanks. First step EP, next step album. And then the next step is hosting eTalk Canada. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> or something. Let's make that step one. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I like the way that you think. I, that makes me feel very confident. <laughs> well, okay. So where can people follow along on your journey so that they can, you know, be kept abreast of all and every update and they can listen to your EP on the night that it drops. Yeah, you can follow me on all social media channels. I'm on the Instagram, I'm on the Twitter, at Colin Asuncion. Um, I'm not on TikTok because I am old, but yeah, Instagram, Twitter, I think my Pinterest is still active. I don't know if people follow <laughs> I people still love Pinterest. Pinterest. Do you follow people on Pinterest? No. Do you follow themes? I, okay, I, I follow, so no, I follow people on Pinterest. You follow people? Okay. Yeah. People well, who are like personalities, right? Like you, for example, had a baking page of like your baking inspo. Like I would follow your baking inspo page. Like that's you know, what? I I probably do have a baking Pinterest board that I haven't looked at in a very long time. <laughs> um, I should maybe give it some love. You've Listen, you me. could be having a huge following. I that. could. Maybe I could. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think you um, could. I, that'll be my next goal. I'm, I'm also on YouTube as well. I, I have some baking videos as well as some music stuff there. So that's really cool. Yeah, give me a follow. I'd love to, I'd love to meet y'all. And also we should give a shout out to Baking Special. It airs on, it's December 12th at, at eight yeah. o'clock. Is that right? That's right. December 12th, which is a Sunday night, eight o'clock PM on CBC and CBC Jam. Hopefully everybody likes it. And then eventually I think it will make its way to Netflix, but probably not for a few months, but CBC is where of, it's at. I can't think of anything better to do on a Sunday night than sit around and watch baking. It's so yeah. cool, especially in the middle of December. And also we have discovered the magic of CBC Gem. So if you don't have cable, you know, you don't have to worry. You can watch it on CBC Gem. It's fabulous. Exactly. And it's free. CBC Gem is free to Canadians. So you can watch all your favorite Canadian content on that streaming service. I love it personally. Yeah. Awesome. Same. Well, thank you so much for being here, Colin. It's been great speaking with you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I wish we could chat about TV every Saturday night. Is it Saturday? I can't even remember. (laughs) I think it's Sunday. Oh, it's Sunday. Nonetheless. (laughs) 
And Colin, you have to come back once you drop your EP. Okay, I will do. Yes, absolutely. I, I would love that. Yeah, just hit us up when it's like coming out because we'd love to have you back. You're such a delight. Oh, yes. thank you. So are you both. This has been such a lovely, lovely time. So thanks for having me on. Of course, Our of pleasure. course. Thank you. If you want to keep up with us in between episodes, you can follow us at Just Watch Me Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Send us your thoughts and feelings about the show at JustWatchMePodcast at gmail.com. And it really helps us if you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. See you next week. 